Be confident. Be bold. Be authentic. But don't forget to take action. This is Ordinary to Badass, where our stories empower women to step into the spotlight of their own lives and pursue what they're truly passionate about. It's time to step into the arena and become more than just extraordinary. It's time to become a badass with your host, Marie Sonneman. Welcome to Ordinary to Badass, episode number 259. In this episode, you're going to hear from Mr. Bill Ramsey. Mr. Bill is a writer, photographer, husband, tile setter, and dad of three. He'd also like you to know that he's bald. (laughs) So check out this episode. He has a new book coming out. I love Christmas time, and this book is Santa Claus and the Children of Naught, all about how there is no such thing as naughty kids and how naughty kids should, or no such thing as a naughty list. So you get to hear a little section of his book in this episode, as well as hearing his amazing story to become an author, as well as getting his book released and being shown in the light of day. Super exciting. And another reason to listen to this episode, Mr. Bill is so good at keeping me on my toes and really he turned the tables on me and became the interviewer for a second. So this episode is amazing. Make sure, check it out, and of course, check out his book. With that, let's get to the episode. Welcome to Ordinary to Badass. Whether you're ordinary or badass, I'm so glad you're here. Today's guest is Mr. Bill Ramsey. Bill, thank you so much for being here. Excited to have you on the show. Privilege. Thank you so much. I am so delighted to see you again and and really honored. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. So before we go any further, I've got to ask you, do you consider yourself ordinary or badass? This might strain our friendship. (laughs) I I think of myself as pretty ordinary. I don't, and I know that's the wrong answer, but I just think of myself as an ordinary dude and Man, I've been wrestling with this one because I know listening to your your show that you always ask that. And is that the wrong answer? I mean, how, how do do people ever just say, yeah, just ordinary? How, how do coach me, help me here? <laughs> well, why do you say that you're ordinary? I like myself well enough, but I don't think I'm just amazing. I don't think, you know, I think if I can do it, anybody else can do it. I, which is not completely true, but you know, I don't. I don't look at me and think, man, this is that thing that, man, I am the man. I don't, I I just don't ever feel that way. So. Well, I, as your friend, I know that you're a badass. So I'm going to claim your badassery for you. You've done a lot of cool (laughs) things. (laughs) And one of them is writing this new book that you're releasing. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Absolutely. So, uh, the book is called Santa and the Children of Naught, and it, it attacks this, this insane idea that we've got that Santa would actually sit down and write a list of bad children. Now, I mean, I want you to logistically think through this, that Santa Claus, he literally is a saint, Saint Nicholas, would sit down and write a list of children that are bad. I mean, Cruella de Vil wouldn't do that, but we think Santa would. And so the idea is, how did we get this crazy idea about a naughty list? And... 
And so it, it talks about Colin, the kid who's the, it's a story of him, the first name on the list. There are seven names on the list, never, ever another one added. And uh, it was a privilege to be on that list. Uh, but we misunderstood the joke about the naughty list. So that's the book. I feel like a kid on Christmas Eve because I can't wait to read it, to hear all about it and dive in a bit more. But first, Mr. Bill, will you tell us a little bit about yourself? Sure. I uh, grew up in Arkansas. I'm a Hoosier by birth, but grew up in Arkansas and went to college at Washita Baptist University, double majored in religion and history, um, graduated, became a tile setter. I've had careers setting tile, which I'm doing a lot more these days also. Tile setter, worked in ministry, uh, worked in business to business sales. Um, uh, shoot, it seems like there were a few other things there. So that's the things I did in 2000. I married my first girlfriend, the only girl I ever kissed. And since then, we have managed to raise three amazing kids, Carson, Harrison, and Bella Grace, ages 21, uh, 18, almost 19, and 17. And we live in Canton, Georgia, about 40 miles north of Atlanta. I brush my hair with a safety razor. I like to write. I love asparagus. And for some reason, people have always called me Mr. Bill, like most of my adult life. So that's why I go by Mr. Bill. Yeah, that's funny because like, I was thinking about that before we got on the show. Like, no, I just don't think of you as Bill Ramsey. I think of you as Mr. Bill Ramsey. <laughs> so that's interesting where that came yeah, from. Yeah, and it's, yeah. And I think it's, I've worked with kids or teenagers virtually my entire career. Oh, as a photographer, that's the big thing. 20 years, I was a photographer. How did I forget that one? And so I worked with kids and, and their moms so much that, you know, they would always refer to me as Mr. Bill. And then when I was in ministry, I was a youth minister. And so teenagers called me Mr. Bill and it just kind of stuck. And there's the real Mr. Bill in my office behind me. If you can see him hanging there, that, uh, uh, you know, he's, he's my mentor, my guide. So tell me about this photography thing. How did it come about and what did it look like? So back Oh, back in Arkansas, in the burbs of Little Rock, uh, where my wife and I were living, we just gotten married. And some friends of ours had started a photography studio, uh, you know, the, the whole, you know, drive up in the studio space and all that kind of stuff. And I'd always had a hobby, or well, since senior in college, I'd had a hobby of photography. And some friends of ours started the studio, they were going to move and it's like, hey, why don't you buy the studio? Bill, you love photography. Sheree, you're brilliant at business and sales and all that kind of stuff. Um, why don't you buy the studio? So we did and uh, did that for several years, moved into a much larger studio, larger than our home at the time and uh, had a great run at it. You know, you know, photographing primarily families, women and children. Had a great time early on in that. We happened to have met Santa Claus at a restaurant in Little Rock and, uh, and said, hey man, have you ever like done photos with kids? And at this point he had said, no, he hadn't. And so struck up a relationship with him Fast forward in 2008, right before the crash, we had closed our studio storefront, which people thought we were brilliant that we saw that coming, which of course we didn't see that coming. We just knew that we didn't need the storefront anymore. And, uh, and then, you know, continued our work all on location with Santa, you know, photographing families at the beach and um, ran that about 20 years, probably in the last year or so, kind of ramped that down. Um, Ramsey Portrait Art was our business, still is our business, but I don't really pick up a camera much anymore, but it was, it was an amazing run and introduced me to Santa in 20 years of photographing with him and children and seeing truly spectacular magic happen in the shoot room with uh, families and kids. 
uh, interacting with the real Santa Claus. If I had a dollar for every time I looked over and I seen mom or dad wiping a tear, I'd be wealthy. And if I had a dollar for everyone I had shed a tear on, I'd be even wealthier. So. <laughs> so walk us through kind of the behind the scenes, what it was like to stop doing your photography business and how that felt like what was going on inside your head and what made you stop that? So we, my wife and I moved from Little Rock to Canton, Georgia, I think, <clears throat> beg your pardon, about 11 years ago and ish, 11 ish years ago. And we moved here just for the heck of it. You know, we loved the area when we were dating, we dated long distance. She had lived in Little Rock working at a church there while I worked at a different church. We date my first girlfriend three months later says I've taken a job in Canton, Georgia as a youth and children's minister. So she moved, this is pre email and cell phone days. And so we spent a two years long distance dating. We always loved Canton, Georgia. And so said, maybe one day we moved back. Well, we got into the place where our kids were young. They were homeschooled at the time, more homed than schooled, to be honest. And uh, then, you know, so we moved here. So when we moved to Canton, we were still taking care of our clients in Little Rock uh, for primarily Santa portraits. We would go back every year, set up in someone's home, a big, pretty grand scene and have our clients meet us there for that. Um, otherwise photographing, you know, on location, be it outdoors at places, people's homes, like I say, down the beach, around the Destin, Seaside, Seagrove area. And so then over the last few years, it's just gotten to be less and less and less of, uh, of our photography business. It's just kind of waned. And, and we expected that to come. And when we first moved here, I was in B2B sales. And so I didn't really push the photography business here in Georgia. And so really didn't pick up many clients here. And over the last few years, as it's kind of just waned, we got to where the, the Santa Portraits event in Little Rock was our, I mean, that was a huge part of our annual income, but it just got more and more difficult to do because of the distance uh, between us. And so we just two years ago said it's our last Santa event. And that was really kind of the end of photography because that had become our biggest thing. And it, it wasn't like an, a moment of saying I'm done. Um, but I did go through the ritual of packing up all my gear, which is in our, our basement. I can set up a studio there. I went through the ritual of packing up the gear, putting it all away as kind of a stepping away from photography, which is weird because it wasn't like terminal or, wasn't a bad breakup and it wasn't like I'm never going to photograph again, but I don't think of myself as a photographer. I mean, forgot to mention like my career for the last 20 years, I forgot to mention in my intro myself. So it happened much more, what's the word happened much more organically. Uh, yeah. Much more organically. That's thank you. That's exactly the right word. Thanks. Yeah. So that's, uh, that's what happened there. Great question. Thank you. Yeah. Well, I think it's funny because sometimes we think everything like maybe has to have a dramatic ending or it has to be so sad or like what sometimes life just happens. If you're kind of just following, you know, your nudges or how you're feeling, a lot of times it'll just work out. <laughs> yeah. So, that's, and that's definitely been the case. Yeah. Yeah. So where does this love, this passion, or maybe there isn't one, I don't know, for Santa, where does that come from? So really probably after meeting Santa and photographing with him. You know, when I was a kid, Christmas was very convoluted feelings for me. Um, 
you know, my grandparents, we'd go up to their house every year in Missouri and it was a big deal of Christmas morning and all that stuff. And, and it was magnificent. They, they, it was spectacular. Yet at the same time, um, I was that guy, even into young adulthood that did not like Christmas at all. It was very negative feelings. Um, I think, uh, you know, maybe it, I, I think that I longed for the family life that Hallmark presented, which I didn't quite have. And um, there was this disconnect. So, yeah, I didn't love Santa or Christmas time at all um, as even a young man. And so, but the love came from after I had children and having all of these years of, of working with the real Santa, the guy is, well, he's Jerry Garcia. If you're old, he looks like Jerry Garcia, but if you're a kid, he looks just like Santa and to know him, he is that love and generosity. And, um, and just, I think the years of developing a friendship with him and seeing just the incredible joy that, that he was able to bring to so many moms, dads, and kids and me, that uh, that's where the love came from and seeing the magic for all those years kind of was the idea of how do I, how do I spread this love? And that's where the idea I think of writing came in. So maybe you just hit on it, but I wanted to ask you about this idea where Santa Claus and the children of not, where did that come from? So there's been a few Santa stories written over the last that I've written over the last few years, and they've never seen the light of day uh, because I felt like the stories had some problems that I, I couldn't resolve myself. And so I'm sure not going to put that out um, for anybody else to try to fix for me. Uh, but the, ch the children of not, I think it's, it just struck me one day of like, we have this idea that Santa writes a list of bad children. I mean, when you really think of the logistics of taking a pen and paper and writing down bad children, that's a terrible thought. It's terrible. And yet we think this of him. And so I thought, man, where in the world would that idea come from? And I thought, naughty children. I thought, maybe it wasn't naughty children. Maybe it was children of naught, N-A-U-G-H-T, uh, children of nothing um, that, uh, that don't have anything or that are not the smartest or the the bravest or the wealthiest or the est or the est or whatever est you want to put on there. They're not that kid. They're just a kid making their way in the world. And uh, so that's where the idea of maybe what we misunderstood naughty was not naughty. It was of not of nothing. And, and so that's where the idea came from. I love that because this, yeah, I mean, it, it does seem like crazy or insane, how are we going to tell little kids that they're naughty or that they don't deserve the same thing that other kids deserve? Like, that's crazy. Yeah. Yeah, it is. So would you be willing to read us a little part from your book? Sure. So you're the boss here. So which, which section do you want? We can read the intro or I can read about halfway through where there's, uh, we're leading up to the reveal of is the kind shopkeeper actually Santa Claus? Which one yeah. do you want? Let's go for the second one. Let's see if the shopkeeper is Number actually two. Santa Claus. All right. Well, I'm not going to give that away. That's good. But That's good. But lead up to it. Let's just be honest. <laughs> All right, here we go. So what's happened is up to this point, this is chapter 12. Uh, we've met Colin, who is an orphan child. Uh, we're in an era before electricity. Um, or he, he is, you know, it's an era where most kids did not go to school except long enough to learn how to read and then they're out of school. He, he and other orphan children are working. He does a lot of tree chopping. That was his job uh, for a big factory in town um, to burn in the furnace. 
skipping a lot of details as far as the disaster that has come and that uh, that he actually accidentally helped cause. So uh, he has just run away. The town is in peril. And this kind shopkeeper, Mr. Marshall, has brought him back to the mercantile store that Mr. Marshall runs. And they're chatting. So here we go. Chapter 12. You ready? Yes. You, Colin, right. remind me very much. Oh, here I go. All right. Sorry to step on you. You, Colin, remind me very much of a boy I used to know. Must have been a pretty lousy boy, Colin mumbled. No, that's not true. But he was confused. He was an orphan, like you and your friends. This boy was confused and mad at the world. Other kids had more friends, nice things, and big families, but not him. He worked hard like you do because he had to. If he didn't, he wouldn't have anything to eat. What did he do? Did he chop trees? No, but kind of. This boy worked in a coal mine. A coal mine? What's that? Coal is a black rock buried deep underground. The boy worked in giant underground tunnels called mines. He was one of those people who would chop and dig to break off pieces of coal underground in the dark tunnels, then haul them to the top. It was really hard work and dangerous. He didn't like it, but it was the only work he could do. The work blistered his hands and left lifelong scars like yours. What do people do with coal? Why do they need it? People use it for the same reason you chop trees. It's burned in stoves and furnaces and fireplaces, except it burns much hotter than trees, so it doesn't take as much. Then why don't we use coal here? Mr. Marshall looked very pleased. Smart question, lad, because we don't have it here. The closest you can find it is in the next country over. What happened to him? The kid. Colin understood this kid. He waited to hear a terrible ending. What happened to him is a story too long for tonight, though I'm sure you've heard parts of it. The old man laughed. But you should know, Colin, is that he didn't work there forever. He discovered that he liked building things, especially toys, and that he loved making children happy. As he grew, he made more and more and more toys. Then he found little friends to make toys with them. Then, as you may have heard, he delivered toys all over the world, the entire world, on Christmas Eve. The old man's eyes twinkled. The lanterns burned brighter and taller. Wait, you're talking about... Colin paused. Mr. Marshall waited. You're talking about Santa Claus. As a kid, like me, he was an orphan and worked in a coal mine? How did you hear all this? Yet, he never forgot his work in the coal mines. He remembered his hard days, and those memories made him love his good days even more. In fact, Mr. Marshall reached into the breast coat of his, Mr. Marshall reached into the breast pocket of his coat. He carried a reminder with him the rest of his life. He pulled an old handkerchief from his pocket. It was completely black with dust. Rolled up inside was a piece of coal. He handed it to Colin. The boy studied it. He tried to understand what he believed about Mr. Marshall. When he gave it back, Colin noticed the palms of the very, very old man's large hands. They were rough and covered with scars, like Colin's. Colin's eyes got wide. He looked at the man's joyful face. Your name isn't Mr. Marshall, is it? In this town it is, but I've been called other names. His eyes sparkled. You're Santa Claus. And I stop there.
so good. I love it. I can't wait to get the book and see more about it. I, I did want to hear, you mentioned earlier that you've written other books, but you haven't published them. What was different about this book? It's a completely different story as far as what I'm what I'm looking at here, the naughty list. Where did coal come from? Uh, why could why would we be so lucky to ever get a lump of coal from Santa Claus? Um, those elements were not a part of the previous stories. The previous stories, my primary story problem was it was again a story of Santa Claus and a child. But my my biggest story flaw was I could not identify who was the lead character. Was it Santa Claus or was it the child? And I had not constructed the story well enough to answer that question. Because of that, I couldn't take the story on an arc that was sensible. And so um, with this one, it was very, very clear from the outset. Colin is the lead character in this story, period. This is a story about Colin, um, a nine-year-old orphan kid. Um, Santa is a side character to that, although we learn a great deal about Santa um, through it. So I think those are the primary differences. So how does it feel to finally be able to release the book to the world. That has been a whirlwind. I'm not going to lie. And you, you can, I'm, I'm sure you can completely identify with this feeling of something, you know, like when you, when you birthed this book of your own not long ago, um, it's, uh, it's been exhilarating. It's been surreal. Um, surreal is a great word right now. Um, I'm waiting any day now to get a physical copy back. Uh, it's going to be a hardcover version and an audiobook also read by yours truly. Um, and it's been exciting. It's been scary. It's been invigorating. Uh, you know, when I was in the fifth grade, as you said what I was going to do for a living, I'd have told you I'm going to be a writer. And that's always been in my head. And like, by golly, now, now there's an actual book. And so there's no more getting around saying, well, yeah, I guess I'm a writer because there's actually a book. <laughs> yeah. So it's, it's been a whirlwind. And I, I'm certain that like a few days ago, I had a package arrive and I thought it might be the first proof copy, hard book copy. Yeah. And I welled up and my chest got tight and I'm like, my eyes are welling with tears. And I'm like, is this it? It was not it. <laughs> but it was a preview of, I'm sure, how, how it will be when the physical thing is actually in my hands. Oh, you're going to have to record the moment when you get your book and when you actually get to see it for the first time, you'll have to record that. But how about you? you uh, let me turn the interview on you. How, <laughs> how did it feel for you? Yeah, it felt amazing. Um, kind of like you said, I had wanted to be an author since I was a kid. And I, as a kid, I did a program called Young Authors. And so like you created your own book and it was like bound for you. And so since then I wanted to be an author. So yeah, it felt like it was a dream come true. So how did things change for you after publishing the book? Um, more just like, gets me excited to write more and to publish more books. I don't know that anything changed other than it was something that I had always identified myself with, but you know, then I finally was, I did the thing that I always wanted to do. So like, it made me feel more like, okay, I'm at home now, you know? <laughs> so that's cool. So can I ask what, what's the next project? What's the next writing thing? Um, the next writing thing is going to be all about mindset. So the mindset of a badass. And I'll leave it. Can I'll you, leave it can at you that. Can you give me any more? Because this is the guy. 
Well, I was hoping for more. This is the guy I identified as very ordinary, and I have to vicariously live badassery through you for me. So uh, um, anyway, I want to ask you for too many teachers. Okay. It's, your, it's your show. I will give you back the reins of your own show, which is very... <laughs> in, case, in case you don't know, Mr. Bill is very funny, and so he will say that he's ordinary because <laughs> he's a jokester. That's what I'm going to say. <laughs> but actually, he's very okay, badass. Sure, I'll take it. <laughs> no, okay. You. That's, that's so, kind of you. Thank you. <laughs> when does your book come out? And how can we get a copy? November November 19th. Uh, tw- this is what, 2023? 2022, rather? Um, November 19th, 2022. And you can find it on Amazon. That's Santa and the Children of Naught. And uh, I'm sure... Marie, you're going to be November 19th. You'll be near Atlanta, Georgia, I'm sure, to come to our book launch party, right? Yeah, of course. <laughs> Naturally. It's an easy it's an easy jaunt for you. But uh, yeah, that's the big day that it hits Amazon. Um, it'll You'll be able to pre-order it before then. Uh, but uh, that's the actual day that it'll ship out and pretty doggone exciting. Yes, yes. Um, let's end with a tip to encourage women who are in the arena fighting for the life that they want. I would, I would say, I, you know, it, it, it feels, I'll be honest with you, it feels awkward, you know, being a man who would say, here's how I would encourage you women. Um, I would say that so many of the women that I have admired, um, like, let's take my wife, for example. Um, she's brilliant. She's strong. She's very much a, um, a strong personality, which I always knew that I would want to date and then marry that kind of woman. And uh, she is a badass chick. Um, Yet for all of the incredible things that she does, I think a lot of the greatness in her are things that are not seen, um, that are, most of it is behind the scenes. Most of it is subtle. Most of it is, it it will never win an award. It will never, it's the kind words that she speaks. It's the, it's the acts of service that she does that they're never going to be out there for anyone to notice. But I, I feel like that's most of life. And and I think most of the incredible badass badassery that she exudes is uh, it, it's never going to make the cover of a magazine, but it makes the lives around her a million times better. And so I guess I would encourage anybody listening that if you if you feel like you're toiling away in, in silence and that there's you know there's no ticker tape parade, um, there are people that see that and and they they appreciate it and. Even if they don't appreciate it now, I think there will be a day that they realize just how much you really did and how much it it made the lives around you better. So thank you for that. Yeah. And I think you just hit your exact answer why you should be calling yourself a badass. Because you are such a kind human being and you're so giving to the people around you. And as for all of us, we don't have to hit it. Like we don't have to be on the cover of a magazine. You don't even have to write a book. You know, you are a badass, but it comes from inside from the things that you're doing for other people. So I think that your own words for your wife are the exact thing that represent your badassery. All right. Well, thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Except for the beautiful, sexy part. We can leave that out. <laughs> yes, that except for that. Definitely apply to her. <laughs> that applies to her, not me. Of course, of course. <laughs> That's where Marie, you're supposed to argue. You're supposed to say, no, Bill, you're beautiful. You're sexy. You re- uh-huh. I set you up to argue with me, please. I'm begging. <laughs> too much, too much. No. <laughs> hey, 
<laughs> Too much. That's right. That's right. We all have our standards. So, uh, hey, speaking of giving, can we give away some books? Yes, I would love to. So I've got five copies. I'm happy to, or I will have five copies by the time this airs. I have five copies. I would love to mail out to uh, five of your followers. So how do we want to identify those people as the ones who win the free book? Um, I don't know. Any ideas? Just, yeah, I've heard you talk about having people um, post to Instagram, take a screenshot and post to Instagram about yeah. your episodes. Is that right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And they could. What's your Instagram handle? Tag me at ordinary to badass and you. Yeah, I'm uh, uh, Mr. Bill Ramsey. Mr. Bill Ramsey is who I am on Instagram. But uh, more important, they tag you. And how about the first five people that tag this episode? Then you know we you you can work with them, or I can work with them to get their physical mailing address, and I'll uh, I'll drop those in the mail to them. So five copies, first five people, tag us on Instagram. With, uh, with this episode, and I would be honored to send you send you a copy of Santa and the Children of Naught. That's a super exciting. I can't wait. Um, don't, don't hold on or, or hold off on getting this book. It is so good. Mr. Bill was kind enough to give me a preview copy. So believe me, you're going to want to read it. And actually, Mr. Bill, what's the ideal age for reading this book? I appreciate you. Thank you so much, Marie. You're amazing. Thank you. Maybe there was a glitch. What's the ideal age for reading this book? So, I'm sorry. Uh, Zoom glitched on us there for a second. <laughs> ideal age. It is a book meant to be read to children. Um, it uh, some of the some of the verbiage will be a little bit beyond the reading level of someone that still a young person that still loves Santa. So this is. It is a book that I, I encourage you to read to connect with children that you love. So for a grandparent, for a parent, for a teacher, for, you know, if there's a child in your world that you love, you want to take a fresh look at, at Christmas and, and some look at compassion. Uh, some, you know, there's a kid in there who drew Longfellow the fourth, who is the antagonist and uh, it, just taking a look at different ways to connect with different characters of their, their, their pros, their cons, I think it'll help to show compassion. So it, it's for any adult that wants to share this with, with a kid that they want to connect better with. Okay, perfect. And how can we connect with you? Sure. Uh, you can find me like Instagram, like we said, Mr. Bill Ramsey, or uh, check out lifeofsanta.com. Uh, you can find me there. There's a link there if you want to click through there to get the book on Amazon. I also have a reading guide there as far as for these adults who are reading with their kids. Uh, you can you can download that for free and it'll have some discussion questions and then some some just little tidbits to help bring the, the story to life to help kids understand a little more of what's happening there. And uh, and if you kind enough to drop your email there, then you'll be in the know as far as other gifts that we'll be dropping out because it's about Santa. So we need to be giving a lot. Right. So yes. that's the whole idea. So lifeofsanta.com is the website. OK, thank you so much, Mr. Bill. You've been a total badass and I've enjoyed hearing your story. Thank you, Marie. You're incredible. Thank you. You're so generous to do this. And, and I'm so grateful. Thank you. And, and thank you. Any listener that's made it to the end, you have shown true tenacity and grit. And thank you. God bless you for that. All right. Um, and yeah, now I just completely flipped it. Um, <laughs> um, okay. 
So I recently saw your post on Instagram, by the way, uh-huh. about when you're a new podcaster versus a seasoned one. And I, I used to host a photography podcast and I had like 200 episodes. And boy, those first 50, man, they were clean. There were no mouth pops. There was no ums. There were, ew, they were clean. And then after uh-huh. that, I'm like, this is dumb. What am I doing? <laughs> so you get to the end, they just roll as they roll. Yep, yep, yep. All right. Yeah, no, my mind just completely went blank. But with that, we'll end our show. Tell the badass women out there staying in the arena, wherever you are, whatever you're doing, own it and get after it. Okay, wasn't that awesome? Mr. Bill definitely keeping me on my toes throughout the interview. So I enjoyed having him on the show. It challenged me a little bit. All right. Let's do five recaps, or let's do a recap with five different things from the episode. You can step away from something, and it doesn't have to be terminal or a bad breakup. Number two, surround yourself with people who bring you incredible joy. You can then spend that joy in your own way, like Mr. Bill does with writing. When Mr. Bill was in the fifth grade, he would have told you that he wanted to be a writer for a living, and it's always been in his head. Now that there's a book, there's no getting around saying that he's a writer. Sometimes your dreams from childhood can come to fruition in your adult years. Number four, when you first start doing something, your perfectionism kicks in and you try to make it clean and perfect. And then after you get a lot of experience, you just let it go because you realize being perfect isn't important. And number five, just because a project never sees the light of day, doesn't mean that it's not preparing you for the next step. Mr. Bill had a couple books or Christmas books that never saw the light of day. And now Santa Claus and the Children Are Not has come to fruition is, and is going to be released this week. Make sure that you grab your copy or just go on to Instagram, tag Mr. Bill at Mr. Bill Ramsey and me at Ordinary to Badass with a screenshot of this episode. If you're one of the first five people, you'll get a copy of the book for free. All right, stay tuned Thursday to hear three reasons why Mr. Bill is so badass. Now that you've listened to this episode of Ordinary to Badass, we wanna hear from you. Go to our website, ordinarytobadass.com slash podcast and submit your own experience on how you took your life from ordinary to badass and get the chance to be on a future spotlight episode of the show. That's ordinarytobadass.com forward slash podcast. While you're waiting for the next episode of the show, wipe off the sweat, dust off the dirt, and get back in the arena.